Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver and Gold. Coming to the ring from parts unknown, the combined weight of 853 pounds, Piccolo and Dr. Zong. Watching a little WWE Network the other day, and it was um, what was I watching? I think it was um, what was the big NWA event in Joey Chicago? Abs and the Shy- <laughs> yes, Chi Town Rumble '89, and it was uh, Russian somebody versus Michael P.S. Hayes, and somehow WWF actually bought. This and it re-inspired me. I had given up on the show. I was given up on everything. I was staring at the wall, sitting in my own filth. And Purely Sexy brought me out of my funk and got me back in front of this microphone. Yeah. <laughs> Lucky for you. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. I thought we were out. I thought we were out. <laughs> <laughs> Give it a couple weeks. Maybe we will. <laughs> Zav, how are you, sir? I'm, I'm all right. I just kind of, I don't know. It's, you know, life is just what it is, and I'm just kind of <laughs> just fucking muddling through it until the end. It, it has been a weird couple weeks. Um, Thanksgiving and such, and yeah. Um, that's about it. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I didn't do too much on Thanksgiving. I just kind of rested a lot. <laughs> I had the parents come into town. Mom made a shitload of food and um, left it here for some reason. So I'm having to eat Thanksgiving food pretty much every lunch and dinner to get ri- <laughs> to get rid of it all because I feel like I'll waste it otherwise. Um, now, although. This- Thanksgiving food, like, you don't eat, like, ham and turkey, so what else? Well, the, we did make a, um, and by we, I mean my mom entirely because I'm a lazy asshole. But uh, she made a, um, I forgot the name brand, kind of like a tofurkey kind of thing, but it was yeah. a different brand this time. It was pretty good. I still have some left. And she made it, she put, like, potatoes and onions and carrots with that. Um, and then just other stuff, you know, beans and peas and Beets. We had some pickled beets. Pickled beets. Yeah. And um, what else do we have? Um, corn pudding, which I'm a fan corn of. Corn pudding. I've never even Collard heard of greens. And all of that stuff is still here. And despite all that lovely food in my refrigerator, I came home tonight and ate coconut cake right out of the refrigerator with a spoon. <laughs> 
I thought you were going to say you went to Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been to Taco Bell in about a week, but uh, that, yeah. that'll change soon. I did start going back. I don't. I, I think I said that on the group a couple times. So I thought about going today. I, I was having a hard time going to sleep. I knew right. we were going to record this thing, and uh, whatever this is. Yeah, about one o'clock. I still hadn't fallen asleep, and I and I really felt like I needed to. One of my mm-hmm. problems is I started listening to all these. Um, like, I guess Howard Stern greatest hits. They'll like right, have right. a character on that show, uh, whether it's Artie Lang or whoever. And each uh. clip on YouTube will be like nine hours long. And the, like <laughs> the Artie Lang one, there's like about twenty of them, and each thing is like eight nine hours long. So I'll turn it on and I'll set the my iPad right by my head by the bed. And then I'll turn it down just, you know, a little bit and start listening to it. Well, then, you know, I need to quit doing that because then it's almost it's impossible to fall asleep or I'll wake up, you know, uh, right. And, you know, wake up because I'm listening to it while I'm sleeping. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. But I had the weird, I've had the weirdest fucking sleep this week. It's been terrible. Like. I, it's like weird dreams. I'm waking up like every hour sometimes. Um, I tried listening to this like relaxation thing on iTunes radio and it, it worked very well. And then all of a sudden it was like this one track that they played on the mix that had like, it was some kind of like alpha wave shit or something. And I woke up to the sound of like, I'm like, what the fuck? I was like, and I woke up like, what the fuck is the, oh, it's my fucking iPad playing this weird yeah, so well, what no, the fail again. My, my goddamn phone. As soon as I drifted off, I mean, I was out, and and the phone rang, and it was this call where uh, they tell you that you have a like medic alert uh, bracelet thing that somebody in your family has signed you up for. All you have to do is call. It's a scam, and I hell? and I was like, oh fuck, I forgot to turn the goddamn phone off. Then I was fucked in the ass by God. You need to have a get rid of your landline. I know. I'm just wasting money. I never use it, and I never answer the phone. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's just – I could use that money to, I don't know, for something. Rent an iTunes movie every month. Yeah. 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 Make a car payment. Yeah. Um, Cool. What have what, we've been off for a while, and um, you know, like I said, it's it, it, just a weird couple weeks. Um, hopefully, we're back on track. We'll see. But um, what have, what have you been watching? I don't, we'll see. Um, we probably can't go over everything we've been watching because we'd be here for three hours. But what have you, what have you been watching? I don't even of know note. Three hours because I don't think I've watched. I've been I've watched a lot of hockey and listened to a lot of hockey. Yeah, and it's weird because. They, but when the games start, it usually it doesn't end before I go to work. Right. And I was just thinking last night. I was driving to work, and it was the I think the Canadians against uh, Avalanche. And I got in the car, and it was on the on my Sirius radio. I have it set up so that anytime somebody scores, no matter what I'm listening to, a game alert comes up on the screen, and so I can see what the score is and everything. So I was actually listening to that game, and almost every goddamn night, the game is fucking tied, no matter who I'm watching. <laughs> so then I'll be on the our sports group on Facebook, and I'll be like, um, 
you know, Canadiens avalanche three, three in the, it, 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 in the third, but then I never update cause I have to go into work before I find out who wins, <laughs> but they were, you know, so anyway, lots of hockey, but anyway, let's see. I watched, um, I didn't write down dates or anything, so I'm just going to tell you what they are. Okay. Uh, the other day I woke up and, um, as soon as I turned on the TV, I saw Jerry Reed and he was pointing this like big 45, like automatic pistol or whatever at Walter Matthau, who was laying in bed. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, what is this? And I started watching it and it was actually pretty good. At least I thought it was, it ended up, it wasn't, uh, <laughs> it's called the survivors with, uh, Robin Williams and Walter Matthau. It was like a, I don't know if I'd say like not a buddy cop thing cause they weren't cops, but it was that, that was the pairing of those two, like an older guy, uh, comedy guy and Robin Williams, who at the time I think was, just getting started he was probably doing mork and mindy or something at that time and jerry reed was the was the bad guy but it was a takeoff on um like um the that's, that's like willie nelson being a bad guy you can't do that yeah but it, it was kind of like the whole thing was a it was a comedy but it was a takeoff uh robin williams went kind of nuts and became like a teabagger who um like went <laughs> he joined like a militia and he was really into guns like he was like Oh, you know, uh, he went to one of those gun shows where they sell every kind of gun, and he was so paranoid that he bought, like, every gun, and he was obsessed with all these guns and everything. And Walter Matthau was just this, like, he was basically playing Walter Matthau, just some old dude. And Jerry Reed was a, um, a um, like, a, a hired assassin or whatever. And he, I think he <laughs> killed Jimmy Hoffa or something. What? But it was... You know, the worst part was, um, to me, one of the worst parts was Robin Williams because he Uh-oh. was so manic and probably – which was probably because he was so coked up. Yeah. I mean, honest to God, it was just like, dude, ugh, give it a fucking rest. I wish I was Jerry <laughs> Reed and I could blow your face off, which I shouldn't say because he's dead. You know, it's kind of now that I say that as it's coming out of my mouth. For some reason, I watched another great uh, buddy movie. Um <laughs> which was called Armed and Dangerous with John Candy and Eugene Levy. Mm. And a really super cute Meg Ryan was in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert, I think was it Robert? Robert Loja, I think, was her boss, and he was the one grabbing her ass all the time. But she was really cute in this. I saw this at the theater back when my friends and I used to go see anything. Uh, it was all right. It wasn't as funny as what, you know, I didn't even remember it being that funny when I watched it then. I don't know why I watched either one of those people. So I don't know. Wait a minute. I just kind of threw up in my mouth. Uh Oh, get some water. Oh, that water tastes so good. I watched a documentary on Netflix called Brian and the Boz about Brian Bosworth, the football player that played for Oklahoma. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he was kind of a dick. Mm-hmm. I don't think he was a dick. I th- well, I think he he started that kind of that character because like the first year or two that he played there, he was like normal. And then when he started cutting his hair and doing that shit, he kind of it's like a wrestler that gets into their starts living their gimmick, and he kind of became an ass. Uh, but it was all right. He cried a lot. Just let anybody know that's going to watch it. <laughs> you know, he's one of these guys. He's like Shawn Michaels that acts like a, a total dick and alienates everybody and everybody hates him. And then later on decides, Oh, I was a dick. I watched a 
Tinder. I watched another one which was really good, which I knew nothing about, and this is a this would be good for Coop to watch because he's an Islanders fan. It's a documentary on Netflix called Big Shot, and apparently, uh, I remember the only thing I remember at the time was the you know the Islanders won like four Stanley Cups in a row, like every year for four years they won the Stanley Cup. And they were huge. I mean, they they won so many games. You know, they set a record for the most games consecutively won, and all this and that. And uh, but they they started after that. You know, a lot of times once you're so successful, you start going downhill. And they started getting shitty. And I just remember them changing their uniform and and changing the logo. And they had this like guy who looked like the Gordon's uh, fish sticks fisherman guy on the front <laughs> and everybody hated it. But this, this is really good. It's uh, I don't really want to give that much away because right. it would kind of tell everything about it. But there was some shit that happened that was like, even if you're not a hockey fan, it'd be like, this is fucking unbelievable. So anyway, but it's good. Uh, I finally got around to watching the Ruski, uh, Ruski, Ruski version of Salaris. Oh yeah, uh, which was good. Um, mm-hmm. I li- it was uh, long, yeah. But I like. I mean, I like that it was more. I don't know. <sighs> I'm so tired. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my brain's just getting. I, I should have got coffee instead of uh, water. But uh, it was more like a, a kind of a character study where they spent more time with the people, especially like between, uh, well, I'll say the George Clooney character. Yeah. His woman, uh, them, they took more time in dealing with, uh, with that. And I, but I liked it. I loved the visuals. I love how yeah. it was shot. It was a really nice looking movie. Uh, I had it, I rented it, um, when we did the regular or the regular one, I guess, not the regular one, when we reviewed the Clooney one, and it sat on my iPad, and I only had about seven more days before it was going to expire, so I finally decided to watch it, but it was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, those Some of those little... I've seen some Russian movies that I thought were really shitty, uh, but this <laughs> one was pretty good. Uh, last night, I watched the uh, Constantine with Keanu Reeves, mm-hmm. which uh, made me... Um, I've watched two episodes of Constantine. I watched the, the TV show. I watched the first one, and I watched one, um, I don't know if it was last week. Or no, last week was, was last week the one where they had the kid that was possessed, Caliban or whatever. But anyway, the one that had brother, or not brother voodoo, that's from fucking comic books. But it had the voodoo guy in it. Um, yeah. And it was it's good. The, that's, it's, it, the, the movie I remember Somewhat follows the first story arc of the Hellblazer comic. Mm-hmm. The movie I really liked. I lo- I mean, I thought it was even even though Keanu Reeves. I mean, they made it like an American uh, Constantine, and Keanu Reeves played Constantine. Uh, I liked just about everybody in it, including Shia LaDouche. I don't. I don't want to say I liked him, but I. But he was good in the part that he was in. Uh, I just thought it was good. Tilda Swinton was excellent in it. Um, and uh, what's her name? Rachel Weiss uh, is always good and hot. Uh, and I watched uh, the silent classic, The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. 
yeah. uh, for the first time, and uh, I enjoyed it. It's uh, I, I um, what the hell? It's not, not a homunculus. I care. I was gonna even write down what they called the guy. The, go- the, go- the golem. No, no, no. He was. They called. He called. Uh, um, sem- Semonculus or something like that is what he. Oh, I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> but it was just. Uh, it has to be just some made-up word. <laughs> I don't know. Because I, mean, uh, cause I, I don't. I never fucking heard that word before. Anyway. God, I should start smoking weed because that's what I feel like right now. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> <Blue>? <laughs> oh, I'm just fucking. Uh... Anyway, by the time I find, oh, uh, somnambulist, somnambulist. Som- I don't know what that means. And that somnambulist, means it is a, is a sleep. Sleepwalk. It's sleepwalking. Yeah, it's a sleeping disorder belonging to a parasomnia. Something. So anyway, but I just was so intrigued by this this movie, and um, the uh, of course you know one thing I was thinking is like God, they to, this would be so creepy if they remade this you know, but um, I liked Doctor Caligari that he was this just the way he looked and everything and the way mm-hmm. he walked around, and uh, when um, the cops showed up to because. Um, the somnambulist, uh, pred- he's like at a, a whatchamacallit, a, they're at a carnival. He's the carnival freak show, Cesar. And uh, when he awakes, he's, he's like supposedly uh, been asleep for 23 years straight, you know, which is awesome. I mean, I wish I could <laughs> sleep like that. And uh, Dr. Caligari would like bring him, like have him, like he would bring him to, I guess, but he was still like in a trance. And so he would tell P he says, he knows everything. So ask him any questions, kind of like our stupid group, you know, uh, it's kind of <laughs> like, I don't even know, you know, I guess I, I didn't get it from this, but you know, we answer stupid questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, he, sometimes we want to, um, but he tells this guy, the guy says, you know, when am I going to die out of the crowd? And he says, uh, at sun up, <laughs> the guy's like, "What?" You know, because these are dumb people. You know, that go to carnivals, and uh, but he does. It was awesome. And when the cops show up, the, I like this. Have you seen this? Yeah, I watched I it like for this. in October. Yeah, the sets are yeah. just like draw like a uh, painted sets and everything, which are really cool. It's almost like a, a play. But Dr. Caligari's. Um, wagon where he keeps the somnambulist in a coffin uh it looks funny it looks like something out of fucking little abner or something and they go and knock <laughs> on the door and he comes and he lets him inspect him and everything he has him set up in the coffin and they're like checking him all over and everything and then when they because it's all silent so it's funny now some of the acting is like over the top which you know it's which is kind of funny but when they left, it, he stood there just for a few because he's this big fat guy that just looks like a, a, a villain, you know. Uh, and when they leave, as soon as they leave and they get out of sight, he's standing there and he just starts cracking up because he had, like, fooled him. And I was pissing myself. I love this movie. I, I want to be, uh, be Dr. Caligari and I want you to be my somnambulist. You're a zombie. But you can't sleep, so. 
Have you tried taking like Benadryl? I I get hung over when I drink Benadryl. Benadryl. Oh, yeah. I, I did I did the melatonin thing the other night. Um which Benadryl which kind of worked. Anything. Actually it was on Sunday when I was sub, when I was supposed to do Gentleman's Guide. <laughs> I I drugged myself <laughs> and was asleep before they even started recording, but um but the uh and that that kind of helped except that when I when I'm having the insomnia stuff uh melatonin gives me really fucking weird dreams and I wake yeah, up a lot. Too. Yeah. It gives me weird dreams anyway, but I wake up more than usual and yeah. I um met um a person through I wouldn't say it was a dating website. It's sort of not a dating website, but sort of a dating website mm-hmm. um, that's into uh, BD, BDSM. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, my God. No, whatever. Uh, I shouldn't even probably said that because, like, my sister's <laughs> listening to the show. I'll let it out in post. No, 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 no. It's it's. It, comedy i'm, I'm no, kidding I'm not i don't say edit shit yeah i'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna say anything but um it's um yeah sometimes when you look into the abyss you know but it, it's it's kind of like i mean you have to have hobbies i guess and you know it's true yeah yeah don't do anything that you know you're just doing stuff that people want you to do whatever <laughs> is that all you watched <laughs> <laughs> that's it that's okay it. um let's see who would ever thought you could like bruise your fucking hand <laughs> jesus nah, um nice. god it's been three weeks since i watched some of these movies yeah. um matrix reloaded it's not Which very good that? that's the second that's one Eh, first one's still really good, and I, I'm, I haven't obviously even bothered to go back to the third one now. After the second one, kind of took the wind out of my sails. The third um, one sucked the wind out of your sails and rip your sails to shreds, and leave yeah, you. and then farted on the shreds. Farted um, on the shreds, and there's a tiger and a baboon on the boat with you. <laughs> uh, I watched. I went to the theater and watched John Wick, and uh, it was good. It was. Uh, I mean, it was. I mean, I, I, I'd give it like a seven. I think it was pretty solid. There was some. There was a part that I maybe should have laughed at, but it made me cringe. Where there's some uh, sudden dramatic acting from somebody that is constrained in a chair, and I was like, "Oh yeah, ooh, yeah. that was rough." Um, well, I expect that from that actor. Yeah, it was okay though. I mean, I li- I liked it all right. It wasn't. It it it, it was fun. It's it's. I'd re- I'd watch it again for sure. Um. Let's see. Stand by me, an old go-to. I've seen it a lot, hundred times. It's still really good. Uh, Boys in the Hood, another one. I haven't seen it in a, quite a long time, but I used to watch it all the time, and um, still really good too. Uh, I like um, I like Fishburne a lot in that one. Um, I, I don't know if I watched it because I watched Matrix Reloaded or what, but um, I like. He always has that. Well, later on, he always has that philosopher type uh role he takes um he should have maybe he should have stopped philosophizing so much and his daughter wouldn't be in porn oh i watched um, all over ass ugh. Ugh. That's, that's probably genetic i watched um american uh, warships this is 
Um, Were they realistic warships? I mean, like actual warships? Some of the stock footage, yes. This is a... Um, Jesus. The... Um, I don't know the name of this company. They do all the, like... They, like, rip off a movie as soon as it comes out. Uh, what were they ripping off? That shitty Battleship Battleship. Movie? Yeah. Uh, uh. And I've never seen that, but this stars Mario uh. Van Peebles and Carl Weathers. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That fucking Dude, Battleship it was so was awesome. fucking... It was bad. This is the worst movie I watched this month, probably. Uh, I think it's on Netflix. You when you're ripping off movies that were total fucking pieces of shit. <laughs> Um, and another boring one I watched was Cyborg with John Claude Van Damme. It made no fucking sense at all. I haven't seen a, that one since it ugh. was. Don't waste your time. I, don't go back. Yeah, I don't remember anything about it, except um, that it wasn't good. Let's see. Uh, Break Hard Pass I watched. It was good. Um, with uh, Catfish. Uh, I watched Serpico. Um, I'd never seen it before. Yeah. And uh, it's pretty fucking cool, man. I like how... Um, uh, you know what's his face? Is Pacino's costumes changed like every goddamn scene? <laughs> yeah, he was like master of disguise. Or yeah, uh, I think this is on Instant and on Prime. So if you haven't seen it, check it out. Uh, Sydney Lumet. It's uh, and based on a true story. So yeah, and he speaking of, moved, he did finally move back to America, like just a few years ago, I think. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and oh yeah, I was reading a little about, about a little bit about him. And speaking of, oh, uh, fuck, I farted. Uh oh. Speaking of good. Pacino and based on true stories, I watched um, the dog documentary. Um, What's that? It's it's a documentary about the guy that he plays in that Al Pacino played in Dog Day Afternoon. Oh my god! For some reason, I thought you meant a fucking documentary about Dog the Bounty Hunter. <laughs> no, no, no. no uh, I it's saw good. That. It's. It's it's all it's the documentary is okay. The fucking dude, man, that guy's a character. I let me say, he's a, he was a weird guy. Yeah, um, he's a fucking obnoxious douche. He uh, <laughs> he was really into himself. That's for sure. Yes, he was. The um, have you seen the documentary? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it I didn't was, know um, all the times I saw Dog Day Afternoon. All for years, I did not know that was a true story. Weird, yeah, huh? Yeah. It's weird that that would keep, could even that shit could even happen. And the and you know what's odd is that him telling the story now who knows what what if what if, of what he said is bullshit but the fucking true story is weirder than the, than the movie yeah yeah <laughs> you would think that they would have probably like you know okay well they added this for dramatic effect no there was like even weirder shit yeah um, oh and I didn't mention the movies we're doing on the show this week uh, we're <laughs> we're doing. Uh, uh, John Ross picked a couple of movies for us uh, that have Glenn Hansard in them. Um, I know we mentioned at the end of the last show, we're doing Once and The Commitment, so I did watch those two movies. Um, I watched Kinjite and I, the Jury, for the Gentleman's Guide show that I did not make the appearance on. Uh, Kinjite was pretty ridiculous and fun. I, the Jury, I could not get into. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, John dies in the end. I think it's like four bucks on Amazon Prime right now, even though you can still watch it for free on Amazon Prime. Also, um, really, but I watched it and it's still pretty good. Um, Why the fuck would they do that? I don't. Well, uh, you know, eventually it goes away. So whenever it's cheap, I can still I'll still pick it up anyway. Because um, no, you know, but that, who you're knows? saying they have it on there. You you 
you can get it for free, but they also have it that you have to pay for it. Well, at the uh, same time. The, no, 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 no. The difference is, I bought it a while ago, um, oh, okay. but right now it's on Amazon Prime. But you have to be a Prime member, which you pay for every uh, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or you can just buy the video, uh, the the digital copy of it, and it's like four bucks right now. But um, I feel like I've seen Clancy Brown on a few things lately. Uh, what else did I watch with him? I just watched him in something the other day, and we were talking about. Oh, but it was like Law and Order. Uh, oh, oh, I was watching the new Flash uh, show, the CW show on Hulu, and it's mm-hmm. corny, but I like it. But he's in that; he plays like an army general in it. Uh, but he was in this movie as like that super psychic guy, and I feel like I saw him in something else too. Man, I don't know what it was. Um, I saw him get naked and with Jamie Lee Curtis in. Uh, Ooh. Uh, what the fuck? We're on. I can't remember what the fuck that movie's called. Whatever. <laughs> uh, I watched Blue Shawshank Steel Redemption. Yeah. Um, that's seen Clancy that. Brown. There you go. That's the, the other thing. <laughs> There's the other thing, then. Yes. And he's he a real was dick awesome in that in movie. That. Yeah. Uh, and I love this movie. It's one of, it's in my top five, probably. Uh, Just a big I, miserable I, bastard. He even, yeah. Didn't they, they, they like won a car or something and he was pissed. Because they had to, you got to do maintenance and fill it up full of gas. And it's like, Jesus, God, well, you're miserable. And the only like thing that. he enjoyed in life was beating up the prisoners. Yeah. Yeah, he was he was pissed about the taxes he had to pay on or something. Um, let's see. Scott Pilgrim versus the World, a rewatch. Still like it a lot. I have that on Blu-ray. Uh, I became a Black Friday shopper for the first time. Um, oh. mm-hmm. It was kind of by accident. So... On Thursday, when we were packing up the fridge with all the food that I will never be able to finish, the uh, the light bulb in the refrigerator burned out. <laughs> so on Friday, after work, I had to go and stop by and get a light bulb so I could see in the goddamn refrigerator. And um, they they had uh, Edge of Tomorrow on Blu-ray on sale for 6 bucks right there by the front door. So I bought, yeah. I bought that while I was there, and I watched it, and it still rules. Um, I bought a big stack of uh, Blu-rays. Um, I, I'm like you. I, I didn't go on Black Friday. Mm-hmm. I went um, like sat, sat really early Sunday morning, like at uh, oh fuck, I don't know, four in the morning, just because I thought, okay, now I can safely probably go and get some cabbage. Um, and I walked around, and they have that giant display with regular DVDs for three ninety six and yeah. Blu-rays for six ninety five. And this thing, this fucking thing is, is like as big as the goddamn Snowpiercer train. <laughs> and it says these prices until they're all gone. And so I'm like, well, fuck, look at all these. And I bought a bunch of shit. I can't even fucking remember, but I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, I oh. thought, well, because – I'll, I, I was looking at my Blu-ray, and I, and I I have Blu-rays, but I don't have that many. Mm-hmm. As you know, and I thought, well, this is an opportunity to get some some Blu-ray stuff. And I got the two seasons of Spartacus, that TV show. Yeah, yeah. For three, like the whole, or you know, both seasons for th- like three bucks a piece, but they weren't Blu-ray. I heard they had some tit and a lot of sex, so that's why I bought it so I can check yeah. off. Gronky's a big fan. To so. Lucy Lou. Um, or not the, Lucy Lou, Lucy Lawless. Sorry, Lucy Lawless. The um, I did watch Assassination Games, which I was kind of excited to see. Uh, I don't know if I was in a bad mood or what, but it was fucking boring. 
This has Jean-Claude and Scott Atkins in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw that one. Uh, it wasn't good. Had John, um, is that the one that has Jean-Claude's daughter in it? And she what's comes his daughter's to... daughter's name? I can't remember what her name is. She... He li- does he live in like that apartment that's in a shithole? But when yeah, he it looks shitty. Really but nice. then he's got like the secret entrance to that the girl that's stuff. in there with him is his daughter, and that's the one I watched. And I kept thinking I didn't know that was his daughter, and I was like, Jean Claude's gonna fuck this chick because she goes, you know, he, he saves her. From <laughs> I thought the that too. Guy. I didn't know it was his daughter, and it's his daughter, which would have been even more awesome if they would have done that. <laughs> Don't you think? I mean, it would be like so weird. Yeah. It yeah, would have been weird, I'll give you that. <laughs> well, that's a question. Okay, I have a question. I was thinking about this okay. the other day because I dated this girl that was into like theater a long time ago. And uh, we used to have this conversation um, because like if she, she'd be in a play and say in the play, you know, her and this dude would have to like make out or kiss or whatever. Yeah. Or, or not even her, but like even somebody else in the play. And she'd be like, oh, no, it's just acting, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I went to see this one play, and I'm sitting like almost in the front row, and this girl and this guy that were in the play, they were kissing. And, I mean, I could see their tongues, you know. They were tongue kissing. They were French right. kissing. And I said something, and she goes, oh, no, that's just something that they do like to make it look real. Like when you're, when you're going in to kiss, you like kind of stick your tongue out, but then when – your mouths get close. You you don't, and and so then. But when later, like, and I was like, oh, okay, but I. That's when we got into that conversation. I was like, well, you know, it's kind of weird, you know, sitting there watching somebody that you're in love with, you know, like kissing some other dude or making out like on stage. Right? No, 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 it doesn't mean anything. And it, coincidentally, it was only like maybe a few weeks later, that guy and that girl, um, it, it came out they were fucking. And all this yeah. and that. Because, well, what I was listening to was um, on Howard Stern, when I was listening to it on Sirius, they were talking about um, when he made Private Parts, the, you know, the, his movie. Yeah, yeah. And um, that, I guess it was Mary McCormick played his wife. Mm-hmm. And um, this episode, it was over Thanksgiving, so it was like a, uh, a classic show or whatever. And they were talking about that, but the show was after him and his wife had gotten divorced. So, of course, he doesn't care probably as much about talking about shit. And he said that, you know, somebody called in and asked if when he was having his scenes where he was supposed to be, you know, with his wife in the movie, you know, did do, do you get excited? Do you whatever? And he and even Robin Quiver said that him and her had uh, had something a little something going on. So, I mean, you know, but that's the thing. How can you get up there? Now, I, I've heard it. some movies, yeah, where like, you know, they'll say like uh, Deborah Winger hated Richard Gere, you know, and an officer and a gentleman, they hated <laughs> each other or whatever. So when they had to do their love scenes, it really, or Jimmy Wang Yu and the chicks, you know, he would With the onions. eat garlic or whatever. But that's why I think, you know, you see so many guys in movies and girls in movies that, they they end up hooking up like they're they're supposed to be love interests and then they end up dating when they're making because well, yeah. you're up there I don't give a fuck especially as a dude you know yeah if they had uh, some hot chick if Scarlett if you were in a movie with Scarlett Johansson and they said okay in this scene you you're you're gonna make out with her 
and Ooh, or have man, a sex scene where she, that's tough. I don't know if I'd like that very much. Yeah, she's naked, laying on top of you with her big tits. Gross. You know, you're telling me you wouldn't get a <laughs> no, gross, disgusting, ew, boner. <laughs> I'd have what? To, they'd have to fucking put a chain on my dick. <laughs> yeah. and I'd have to have one of those big things with the locks on it. And these guys are like, oh, it'd be so embarrassing if you get like a boner. I was like, get embarrassing? It'd be embarrassing <laughs> if you didn't get a boner. You'd be like, God, <laughs> what the fuck's wrong with me? So, the director would have to keep call, calling a uh, cut, and they'd have to bring out the microfiber cloths. Yeah. Sop that, that up. that dick with the fucking uh, dry ice or something. Yep. Cool. Uh, why don't we take a break and come back and talk about, we'll just go in chronological order and we'll do the commitments right after this. Ahoy, mateys. This is KAB, Antonio Bay. Stevie Wayne here, beaming a signal across the sea. I'll be here playing music all through the witching hour. I'm still waiting to hear from that weatherman. But in the meantime, stay here with me. Be sure to visit our sponsor, Paracinema Magazine. They're the source for all your genre movie needs. Check them out online at paracinema.net. Tell them Stevie sent you. Keep me turned on for a while, and I'll do my best to do the same for you. The smooth sound. Fabulous. 
I don't remember much. These aren't very fresh, and I didn't do my extra homework. So we're going to kind of stumble through and apologize and, and maybe do better next week. Maybe not. We'll see. Um, but, uh, Zom, what did you think of this commitment? So what, did, had you seen the commitments before? No, I had heard about it because I mm. remember when it came out, it, it got pretty good reviews. And, like, you know, uh, I think I actually – I think MTV actually was – Still had music, maybe, at that time. Maybe. And, um, you know, uh, just uh, they they actually, some of the, I don't know if it was like Mustangs. I think I remember Mustang Sally, mm-hmm. them playing like a video of, of them doing Mustang Sally. Here, here we go. I put, I put, I put I music this week. Yeah. Go ahead. But, um, I... If I remember, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm just kind of going from memory. Didn't, did they actually eventually just continue and have an actual group? Or was it just the lead singer that became like an actual singer? I don't remember. Fuck. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. You know, this isn't... Um, this I is... That's actually like there was an actual band. They went on tour or something. Well... That was the thing. The interesting thing about this is that the actors in this were not, um, they weren't chosen for acting. All of these people had musical ability of some sort. It minus maybe um, uh, Angeline Ball, Imelda Quirk. Um, I think everybody else was chosen, especially, well, Glenn Hansard, who is a guitar player, kind of folk rock singer. Um, I think that was. That this is probably his earliest kind of screen work, but um, the the guy was Stephen, the main the the lead singer. Um, yeah, looking at his looking at his uh, his IMDb, this is his only movie. This guy was only sixteen when they got him, and with a voice like that, like. So the you know, as far as I could tell, now granted, you know, you don't you're not filming these musical performances live, but you you, it's impressive that they that they targeted people that were you know that could play this music. So I don't think this was an actual you know this is not no true story. This is no I don't know if they did the whole like, um, what was the other the the. Dark Side of Town, you know the, the the Michael Pare movie where it's like the the song became the famous part. Um, I think they probably had videos based on this. I don't remember, but Streets just of kind Fire? of Streets. Of, no, no, no. The other one, um, Eddie and the Cruisers, not oh, being uh, the yeah, actual. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't. You know, it wasn't <laughs> quite like that. But um, as far as like having a music video and stuff like that for you know to support the movie. I'm sure they did something like that. I mean, they had they they had enough to make two soundtracks out of this movie. So, um, but anyway, yeah, the uh, the lead singer in particular, big fan of him. Um, I, I I've not heard of any of his stuff outside of this, but what a voice on that guy! That was he was really impressive. So, but yeah, the, you know, it's it's just kind of um, kind of he was a, a big big fat jerk. He was a big fat jerk with a, with, <laughs> he was. He was unla- a, the only thing likable about him was his singing abilities yeah. because he was just such a, a a fucking obnoxious dick 
which I kind of like that they didn't, you know, have him. He never he uh, he was never redeemed. Like you know, everybody he didn't have a moment, you know, where yeah. everybody he turns, you know. Well, yeah, every, every and this 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 just one a thing drunk I think fucking asshole that uh, was successful with this movie is that I didn't hate anybody. And when they when there's a movie with unlikable characters, or, or even in this case, it's just realistic characters. Sometimes they can really kind of they can grate, and you're like, ugh, I don't give a fuck what happens to these people. But you know, <laughs> everybody here was pretty interesting in some way, even though they're all kind of like douchey in their own respect. But a lot of people had their own like everybody had their own idios, idiosyncrasies, their own background, their own their own story, and I, I, I liked that about it is that you stayed interested in their in what happens to them and even though they all they're all portrayed fairly realistically um and i I forgot to mention when i said that there's nobody in it i'd really heard of outside of cole meany who might be my (laughs) my favorite part of the movie especially when he's uh he had some really good one-liners there uh when he what was the guy's um the one uh horn player Joey the Lips. Lips, yeah, Lips. He was <laughs> when he shows up applying for the job on his little scooter, and yeah. uh, and Cole Meany said, "What did what did Evil Knievel want?" <laughs> well, I like that he was uh, Lips was such a ladies' man, you know. He was, uh, and, and he was he so reeked. full of it. He's like Lips, you know, like he he fucked all those girls. It was awesome. But it it was cool how he was, um, like he had that story. And like he was like, oh yeah, I played with so and so. I played, and nobody, ever, you know, nobody was sure whether he was full of shit or not. And the only real uh, evidence they had was his mom, who was kind of crazy anyway, <laughs> so they weren't yeah. sure. Um, but it was, it was that he was a neat character too, even though he was kind of like, you know, he probably reeked I of li- cigarettes. I, and <laughs> I enjoyed the, when he was uh, teaching um, the one guy how to play and or you know with soul, and he said he had you had to treat the mouthpiece like a nipple. And then it sounded almost like a gentleman's guide kind of a discussion. Uh, you know, whose nipple are you going to pretend that your like trumpets, you know, tit is or whatever? And uh, didn't he? One of them he said, "What did he say?" Sophia Loren, and the other guy, oh, it said Kim Basinger. <laughs> I couldn't remember what. Uh, that was that was definitely funny. Lips. Yeah, um, dude, Deco. Andrew Strong. Sorry, it wasn't Stephen Clifford. Uh, Andrew Strong was the singer. He played, yeah, Deco Cuff. Andrew yeah, Strong Deco. was the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <coughs> Excuse me. He's only a little older than me. Um, and look what he did with his life. <laughs> <laughs> you could become a singer. Yeah, right. Um, uh, maybe like a blues singer. <laughs> yeah, I'll just get. That's I'll the just, only thing he's done is, uh, yeah. That all is, he's done is sing. I, I don't think yeah. I don't know if he's been acted in much more than this. Um, but the the story largely follows Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy is the manager of the commitments, um, and the the first half of this movie worked a lot more for me. And this is the part where Jimmy is assembling the band. Um, I like the ad that he puts in the paper and all the people that show up and his like rules for making a band. And, you know, it's cool that they show this like real cheesy, corny, like wedding band music and stuff like that. And, yeah. uh, I and, but, dad too. and, and 
I gotta say, I'm not. I wasn't the biggest fan of the music in this movie. I thought I thought that Andrew Strong could sing very well, but the music sounded a little generic. Um, but that's just, that's just me. It was you know it was fine, but my favorite parts were them, you know, forming the band and stuff like that, and listening to what's his face sing. So well, they were pretty much just covering. Yeah, yeah. Old songs. Um, but uh, the let's see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they showed like the the cheesy wedding stuff. Jimmy's like his job, I guess. He, the way he makes money, he 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 roams about on the streets. He's selling like bootleg tapes and movies and T-shirts and stuff like that. And um, but you know, all the while he wants to start this band, and it's a it's an interesting idea to have a soul band in Dublin. And I like his like um, his rationale of it. The uh, saying like the Irish are the blacks of Europe. Did you do you remember that quote? Yeah, and then yeah, the, the, the Irish are the blacks of Europe. Uh, the Dubliners are the blacks of Ireland. The North Side Dubliners are the blacks of Dublin. <laughs> and say it once, say it loud. I'm black and I'm proud. And these are all like you know, pale redheads. <laughs> but <laughs> well, um, I also like you know, this the the um, where it was set in Dublin. You know, you saw, you know how. I mean, it really was. If you think of oh, like, yeah. like a ghetto here. Uh, you know, that's how it was. And when the one guy was getting on the, on the elevator, on the lift to go up to his apartment and this guy, a kid with a horse, wasn't it a horse that got on the elevator <laughs> yeah. with him? He's yeah, like, like oh, a fucking outside. kid brings a pony onto the elevator. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, the, the, the poverty they show, like they filmed it definitely, I'd say on, on site in these various areas. I mean, there's these giant like lakes, almost standing water. These giant, you know, where there's giant holes in the ground, you know, all the trash everywhere. I mean, when they did their group, their group photo, like standing on that like pile of rubble. Um, but the um, the they they get the band started. Uh, Jimmy is, uh, you know, like I said, I like the ad that he puts in the paper, and it's a it's a it's a cool little scene um, where all the applicants are showing up. I guess people need work. Because I can't imagine putting an ad out in the paper now for a band and like having just people show up at your door, <laughs> just begging you to for a, a spot in a band. But um, had every genre of you know people <laughs> to like hair metal band. Yeah, you know, and it, it, it was, that was a funny scene because after they would he asked their influences, and you just get this like rapid fire. It's like. Sinead O'Connor, slam. Wings, slam. Zeppelin, slam. <laughs> and then, like, Boy George, that dude looked like Boy George was there. <laughs> he just gets slammed. The door gets slammed in his face by default. Yeah, before he even speaks. <laughs> but, um. Oh, poor Boy George. Poi bo- po- po- poi boy George. <laughs> poi, poi, uh, poi Boy George. Poi Boy George. We still uh, got it. <laughs> Uh, Jimmy's quote I want you on a strict diet of James Brown for the growls Otis Reddick for the moans Smokey Robinson for the wines and Aretha for the whole lot put together and uh, that was a pretty cool little <laughs> montage there as they're all um, doing their daily jobs and and practicing um, you know and th- there's a few of them there's so many in the band you know one, this is the, the Glenn Hansard double suck. feature they don't I don't think they really show him all that much um, yeah, he kind of had he, a he had a douchey hairstyle. That's for sure. 
Ugh. He had the really long, like, 90s hair with the kind of wore in, like, a half ponytail thing. Yeah. Um, and I think, I've, I think I've said it before. The um, I, 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 I don't like bands arguing. <laughs> and this is in real life. And it kind of becomes that eventually. Um, now they don't they don't linger on a lot of it. It doesn't become this like over the top like uh, band feud and all that stuff. It really just is kind of petty, and everybody's just kind of getting on everybody's nerves. But um, you know, it 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 it, it ultimately uh, ends up you know a, a, a quaint little story that. Uh, and I, and I, you know, and Joey the Lips at the end riding up on his scooter with his statement about something. I can't say what he said, but but uh, without spoiling anything, but you know, his statement on poetry near the end of the movie, um, you know, it made made it a solid little movie. Um, but uh, what what else do you have to add on it? Nothing. Um, no, no I, I thought the one chick. <laughs> uh, you know, it's one of those deals where. Um, the one that plays, um, <clears throat> is it Imelda? The one that everybody wanted to fuck. The Imelda the hot Quirk, one. yeah, yeah. She's played she, by Angeline Ball. Like, uh, just the the guys were just like salivating over her. You know, the, like she had they had to climb up this ladder to get in this place, and everybody's like looking, watching. They're like, uh, Imelda Quirk's climbing up a ladder, you know, and. How they wanted to fuck her, but then eventually, once you, if you have girls in the band, even the ones that aren't as attractive, you just want to fuck all of them. Uh, <laughs> just you know, the <laughs> puss and the dick, you throw them together, and people are gonna get fucked. But what's weird, what's funny is, is that the the, the dudes in the band, um, but I guess it's because they were all young, and Lips was an old guy, so he knew that if you just went for the puss, that usually you know they want some dick, so they'll you know, he, and he had a rap. Uh, he was pretty gross though. I, you know, it's like, ugh. yeah, um, I liked, I, I liked his religious slant. Um, that was a cool character twist on him. And the, the drummer ultimately, uh, I don't know if this was a slam against drummers or not. Sorry, Wendy, but the, the fact that they, <laughs> they like, it's like their bouncer. And after their first drummer quits, he's like, Oh, this can't be too hard. And he fucking just picks up the drums in like a week. <laughs> yeah. He was pretty, he was pretty interesting. But he was, yeah. He was funny with his head butts and shit. Uh, the, the, they 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 had to uh, they had to make a deal. Um, was it Jimmy Rabbit had to make a deal with those really scummy people to get the equipment, mm-hmm. and then the, he was the, he had it was basically like paying for the stuff like on loan or whatever. But then every gig that they got, they didn't get any money, and so then of course those guys come looking for the money. Uh, boy, that wasn't Irish. Anyway, um, but I Close thought it was enough. good. I, I just remember that it, it was it was kind of a sleeper hit back back mm-hmm. in the day. You know when it came out, and, uh, you know and nobody really expected anything, and uh, it ended up really getting over. And I think the music had a lot. It did have. I mean, the music was good. Like I said, you're, yeah, you're just kind of doing a, an homage to all these old uh, blues, uh, not blues, but yeah. Well, you know, whatever. Soul, um, yeah. Soul shit. Meh. My chair squeaking. <laughs> um, That's about it. I don't really, you know. Yeah, I enjoyed yeah, like it I though. Said, I thought it was good. I mean, you know, it, I was surprised. It's, uh, yeah, I was afraid. And, that I, I, wasn't. and I like um, uh, J- Jimmy Rabbit's um, 
conversations that he had with himself because you didn't really know. Like they would be – the camera wouldn't be on him and you'd hear him talking and doing an interview. And it's like, oh, yeah, he's doing this interview with these people or whatever. And then, you know, he was a lot of times uh, living in his own little world. Yeah. He was, uh, I, I guess, envisioning pretty... his own success or something. I don't know. Colmini had a pretty nice little pompadour going for a while there in it. And so did the sax player, yeah. although he changed it. And, the, you know, like they, they, they start arguing over what they're supposed to wear on stage and shit like that. But um, I like I like one thing about our characters, co- our uh, community. We don't have like the arguments and everybody gets along <laughs> all the time. Uh <laughs> I like I like how uh, I like how he's obsessed with Elvis and he just wants to hear like Eddie the or uh, uh, Joey the Lips stories about uh, meeting Elvis and stuff like that. But um, but yeah, solid little movie. Um, if I had to rate it, um, yeah, I'd give it like a seven out of ten. Um, I had never I had heard of this one only, never really I'd never seen it before. So, but I, I enjoyed it. I'll give it a seven out of ten too. It was it was uh, it was good, you know. It wasn't I great. I you were going to do a seven. I typed yeah, a seven for you before you even said it. Yeah. I thought it was good. I I enjoyed listening to the to the music. I was kind of like you, you know, except with that with that, you know, except I was yawning when I was like you. Um, <laughs> I I, you know, I listened to a lot of that music, so you know, it wasn't like you said before. Uh, Oh, what was it like in Lou and Davis when they had the guys that were like the Clancy brothers up there and they're like, (laughs) and I thought it was going to be like shit like that, which, you know, I never got the Clancy brothers. So, but it wasn't, it was good. Sorry. It wasn't that shit. It wasn't that Irish shit. (laughs) No, I like the Irish. They're all right. Um, that's like the same thing we say about Justin. I like Justin. Um, all right, let's take a break and come back and do another. This one actually stars Glenn Hansard, uh, once from 2006. Hello, this is Kenny B. This is Tom KW. And we are two of the hosts from the Podcast on Fire Network. You want Asian cinema in a podcast? Well, we got the solution for you. Because at the Podcast on Fire Network, there's seven plus shows for you to choose from. You want Hong Kong action cinema and audio commentaries? We got that. You want dirty Hong Kong cinema? We got that. You want the eternal question, what's Korean cinema answer? We'll answer that. The flagship show, Podcast on Fire, covers classic Hong Kong cinema. Everything from Bruce Lee to Jackie Chan, John Woo and Jet Li. Featuring in-depth discussions with an aura of fun. This is your primary stop in the podcast world for classic Hong Kong cinema. So join me, Kenny B, and Tom KW, and a cast of thousands at podcastonfire.com. Also available on iTunes, on Stitcher Radio, and come chat with us on the Podcast on Fire Network Facebook group and on Twitter at Podcast on Fire. Podcast on Fire Network. It's Asian cinema in a podcast.
Stephen, for the choice. Music, musical music. Um, let's see. Once, 2006. Directed and written by John Carney. Um, you know him? No, I was the... A modern day musical about a busker? I don't know what a busker is. About a busker and an immigrant in their eventful week in Dublin as they write, rehearse, and record songs that tell their love story. Yeah. Here hey, no, is the... I got a the... problem with this movie. Uh-oh. I got a problem. I got a problem with this movie. This is the Glenn Hansard promised movie. It also stars Marketa Irgrova and some other people. Um, Sazam, what's your problem with this movie? <laughs> There was too much fucking music, and not, I mean, I thought just to get down to brass tacks. Okay. I thought that I, I, I liked that the chemistry between the guy and the girl. Yeah. But it was like, is this a fucking infomercial for their fucking their music, or is it like a? <laughs> it, it, it just it there wasn't enough. It was a basic story, but now this is from what I remember when I was watching it. I was like, Jesus Christ, every time you turn around. I mean, and they wouldn't just like in Lewin Davis, uh, they would play like he's driving down the road with Johnny Five and uh, Roland Turner. And he starts playing that, you know, green, green, Rocky Road, but he plays just a little bit of it. And he's like kind of joking around or the part where um, Justin Timberlake, Carrie Mulligan and the other guy are doing the. Peter, Paul, and Mary kind of thing at the club. And mm-hmm. they, they're singing the song, and they play some of the song, but then it's broken up by, you know, the guy coming over and saying, boy, that Jean, I'd like to fuck her. You know, whereas this one, <laughs> if it's if they had 10 three-minute songs in this movie, they play the entire fucking song every single time. And it really just, after a while, I was like, gee, okay. Fuck a duck, you know, could you, uh, you know, okay, that's 30 minutes of a fucking hour and a half movie is them just, I, and that's, it, I, I don't say, obviously, I, it made me feel a certain way because I'm actually, but when I was watching this, I was like, when it first started out, I was like, oh, this is pretty good, you know, pretty good music, you know, it's not bad. Because mm-hmm. I'm, I like, you know, folk music and, and yeah, music, uh, acoustic music and stuff like that and singing and lyrics and everything. And, but then as I'm watching this fucker, as I get further and further along, they start playing another song. I'm like, okay, God damn it. Could we get some more fucking story here? Well, okay. The story, the story, the story, if I may retort, the, the story is their creation of this music. Okay. <laughs> I'll do. I hit that one for you. It's getting on my nerves. <laughs> it just did. I don't know what it is, but that's just that was just that's my that is my honest reaction. Now, how would you compare this to the the one you watched with uh, Kira Knightley and Ruffalo? I thought that one was better. It had. Um, 
it it the it just the had more character it, it it just you know it wasn't just the music i felt like this one was just the music and i understand what you're saying i mean these are two yeah. very musical and, and inspired people and they're kind of telling their story with and, and when you think about you know like a lot of the stuff, especially like the guy's songs you know he's singing about you know his heartache and all this and that and everything but it just was too fucking much it's like come on you, you know <laughs> uh, is there a movie here is there a movie you know in there somewhere which i now guess th- there this, was but oh, this one this one worked for me um it had some really nice little scenes in it this is a very low budget movie i think it looked to be little se- yes, definitely with the, with the operative word is little scenes in between yeah. the fucking music well even the even the musical scenes were pretty little but um, for me, that that whole thing worked. I liked the creation of the music. I liked the, I liked what they did with. Um, and, you know, I'm glad they played the whole song because you know it's it's a musical, and in the musicals you get the whole song. I don't know how many of the soundtrack ended up in the movie. Um, I didn't I didn't count them offhand, but it it worked for me. Some of the ways they tied them in, like like with her going to get batteries for the CD player and, and, and singing the words to the song that she was trying. She was trying to write the words. He had written this, the, 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 the tune, and, but no, didn't really have lyrics down yet and wanted her to write the lyrics for it, and she was coming up with the lyrics basically as she was walking home in, the, you know, in her pajamas uh, listening to that song. And I thought it was pretty well done, and I liked the way um, the production of the music wasn't huge, you know, they, you know, when they get into the studio, it's a little different, but you, it's, it's like you could hear it on tape or, and it was performed live, like in the, in the music store, which is a pretty fantastic scene. I thought the, um, his guitar look, had seen, definitely seen better days. I don't know if that's really his guitar or not, but that was, <laughs> it was almost a character in itself. Uh, the, the pit guard had been completely worn away. There was like a hole in the front of the damn thing. Um, that had to change what it sounded like, but, and then that drunk asshole that I just fucking, I was afraid with that drunk asshole at the beginning that he was going to throw up in his guitar case, (laughs) but, uh, he was eyeballing that change. Oh my God. He was so obnoxious. (laughs) His stupid dancing and stuff. And he stops. He's like, don't do it. Don't do it. (laughs) And And the guy just like books off and he knew him. He knew who it was. So, yeah, but you know, it's, it's, it's cool how. This is not a movie about success. It's about two people. I mean, they live in a pretty. They're pre, they're both living a pretty mundane life. Um, she cleans houses um, and ha- sells some sort of magazine on the street, and he works at his dad's vacuum rec- repair company. And they're both very talented. But I mean, I've never worked in the music industry, but I can't imagine it's probably nearly impossible to ever be successful in the music industry unless it's maybe just who you know or you just hit at the perfect right time but but um i think i think what helped it for me too is that the music worked so well there there wasn't really wasn't a song on the soundtrack that i disliked i got um, on my and again, nerves because he just was kind of like whiny <laughs> maybe maybe that's why maybe that's what worked for me. <laughs> I I've been in a whiny mood lately, so maybe maybe that's why it struck. Um no, it wasn't bad. It was good music, but I was like, you know, being forced to listen to an entire album, uh, you know, I don't know. It just was too fucking much. Wait, this is coming from somebody that likes Elvis movies. 
I don't like Elvis movies. <laughs> I, I, I Backtracking. Mean, I, I, my mom had fucking the Clambake album, and I can sing every song on it. But if I watch that movie, it's they're all fucking horrible. <laughs> you know. Uh, you know. But uh, I the, will say though, also about Elvis movies. I mean, there's. I mean, you know, they're they're more like a musical where like people are breaking out into songs like uh, yeah, kind of like West Side Story or something like that or Grease. Whereas this one is just like. Uh, okay, let me perform this one for you. You know, blah 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 blah. You know, <laughs> you know, uh, blah blah blah. You just hate people that are depressed. <laughs> <sighs> no, I mean it. Just it was no, it wasn't. It was just too much fucking music. I mean, uh, they just. Uh, the, it's like um, if you sit down and somebody says, "Hey, I got this uh, CD of of uh, this new band." And then you're sitting there, and you have to listen to every, and they make you listen to every song. It just was, I, I, I just, even when I was watching this, I just kept thinking, I was like, by the time it was over, I didn't give a fuck if I ever, I just wanted to go up and say, God, will you shut up? I want to take his guitar like Honky Tonk Man and smash it over <laughs> that guy's fucking head. Oh, no. Is this a two? Am I hearing a two happening here? <laughs> no, I don't think so. No, it's not. A two. That's, I, I, I liked the act, the acting was good. And I liked, mm-hmm. like I said, the chemistry between the two. I liked also that she didn't immediately, you know, like drop to her knees and and start sucking his dick because they were these uh, kindred spirits. You know, she was pretty much like, uh, no. <laughs> and he was like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm just fucking horny. Oh, I'm going to do some companionship. <laughs> and she was like, you know, you know, uh, whatever. I liked I liked their stories. Um, you know, they were definitely different characters and their, their chance meeting was, was, was pretty cool. You know, I mean, she's out on the street too, but you know, she, he, he has definitely been, uh, uh, beaten down to a point and maybe it's self-inflicted because, uh, you know, you see, you, you see something happen later on that probably could be avoided, but, um, as every, uh, dumbass guy out there at some point in their life you definitely uh follow some things you probably shouldn't but um like sylvan gold yes exactly he is a you know he's in a he's in a rut he's he's wanting to create this music but doesn't really have confidence in much of anything um i liked i liked his dad a lot uh that he was a nice uh, a nice character to have you know, the the easy thing to do in this kind of movie would have the dad be like, oh, just fucking work on your vacuums because the music's never going to fucking do anything and I'm old and fucking get over it. You're going to die alone, your vacuum, loser. These vacuums suck as much as you <laughs> Yeah. And it would be it would have been easy to do that, but I like that his dad, like, I love the part when his dad listened to the music and his dad was like, it's fucking, you know, his dad was just really impressed with, what his son had put together this this like CD, um, and then and then with, with with her story, you know she they didn't get a look they didn't get this like looker. I mean she's cute, but they you know you, you don't look at her and she's not this beauty this impossible thing. She's real life looking, and but it, it's cool that she has this musical talent too. And where he's kind of using his in a way, he's still trying to create music. She is like she doesn't really have the money to. She plays piano and like you know you. 
I like the I like that she uses that. You know, she's friends with a or not friends. She there's a guy that works at a music store that lets her play an hour every week or something like that. So she goes on her lunch break every once in a while and plays piano in a music store. And he just tells her, you know, well that one's sold. Don't play on that one. You can play on any of the other ones. And she goes on there and practices because that's what she loves doing. And um, these these movies about the creative process always uh, they they usually work for me. I like it. Um, I can kind of relate to it in a way. Not that I'm really doing much creatively right now, especially not this shitty show. But the uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. It's like I, I like that whole. I like the process of them going him going from this busted guitar on a street, but he's got this like he's got this 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 passion for what he does and it just takes that little the little nudge she gives him um without being outlandish without being you know ridiculous i mean it, it felt realistic which i appreciate your dad will listen to this show someday and he'll be like man that was really good you need to follow your passions yeah right. He'll Could that happen? he'll call me for the first time in fifteen years, and he'll he'll say hello. He's like, I knew you were gay, <laughs> and now I've listened to this stupid shit that you're wasting your time doing, and it's true. Um, it's true, Dad. But the um, you know, you know, the, the the passion that both of them have for being creative. I like that both of them start inspiring each other to do something different. And that scene in the in the record store, I mean the uh, the music store, that was uh, falling slowly. I think is the name of that song. I remember that song coming out. I think they played it in the Apple Store too. But um, it it got pretty popular, I think. And it's not one I ever listened to. But um, the 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 lyrics in this. In the in the in the songs in this worked for me like this. It, it, I'm glad I finally like listened to this one. I, I like the way that Hansard puts together his songs, and I guess these are his. I don't know if they were written for the movie or if these are his songs. That I'm not sure exactly how it works, but uh, or how it was worked out. But I liked that. You know, it, the the songs kind of change throughout the movie, and his are very. They're about moving on or certain things ending, and it relates to kind of what he's going through. But and the entire time he's writing those songs, he's neither moving on nor... Uh, well, yeah, I know, I know, and he's sitting there watching videos of his ex. He's, he's rolling in his songs. own poop. Yeah. <laughs> and I, let me tell you, I can fucking relate to that shit, too. Oh, wallow. <laughs> I'm, I'm a wallower. Um, <laughs> I am too, and I'm just wallowing in my own fat. <laughs> but um, you know, and she's singing songs about wanting to be desired and and stuff like that, and, and like her life has definitely not turned out how she wanted. I I don't remember if they do they say where she's from, like Czechoslovakia or something. Yeah, and um, lives with her mom and her daughter, and like it's it's a different sort of life. I mean, they, you know, they, they live in like, I don't even think there is a Czechoslovakia. Anymore. The Czech Republic. Well, she, I think her mom speaks Czech. I think that's what they say. So wherever I like they're when from, the dudes but... in the, in their apartment building, just file in and sit down and watch TV. Yeah. There's like only one TV in the whole building. <laughs> <laughs> so they all come in and just fun. hang out together and watch television. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's a, it's, it's a simple movie, yeah. but it, it's not. It doesn't follow a a, a a 
a formula, which I appreciated. And I like the I, I like wish it I like hand Sergeant. Yeah, I think I think that would have worked for you better. Yeah. The I liked Hansard. I like his his song structure. After I finally listened to it, um, he he has an interesting way of putting uh, music together. In that, when he leads into chorus, it seems like uh, there's it's, it's not a your typical like progression in the song. There's always like a little wrinkle in there like and it, there's a good example of it again back to the music store thing when um he's telling there's that one note that hits high uh i don't know yeah, he word. goes high and then the next thing you know it's like okay then he goes even higher and then even higher and it's like fuck yeah and it's and it's but it's 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 cool it kind of keeps it like off yeah. balance a little bit and it makes it interesting so so i know it didn't work for you but well it was just kind of like this? his music it was, and to me it was like some director or whatever or pro- producer or whoever that was probably friends of his said, okay, we're, let's, let's make a movie and it's going to be like uh, your music on display. And that was the whole movie. <laughs> okay. We're what just going to let you – this is going to be a fucking uh, marketing thing for your next album or something. Um, I give it like a six uh, – <sighs> 6.25. I thought okay. I, I, I like the story. I wish I, I liked the care that, you know, him and her together and their interaction. I just wish that they would have explored it more instead of, you know, I, I, I but I, like I said, I mean, while I'm saying that, I know what you're saying and I know what they were yeah. going for, that they were exploring their, his past and her past and then what they're doing together through the music, but it just was We're trying like, to help each like, other. Yeah. Without saying so much. So much. And I wanted them to say more. I wanted them to communicate more, and, you know, the, not through um, their artistic, whatever, blah, 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 you, blah, blah, you, blah. you actually, you actually rated this higher than I thought you would, especially after <laughs> the rant. You, no, went on I mean, the beginning, it wasn't a t- I, you know, not a two. No, it was a good movie. The, it just, the, I, 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 whatever I've, the, I know the, you know, was it, was it, one of these songs, was this nominated for an Oscar at all? I feel like this mu- maybe the music ended up in the Oscars somehow. Mm. Let's see. One one Oscar. Let's see what it was. It won it an was Oscar. Falling Slowly there, the song that they do in the uh in the records in the music store that won an Oscar. Best oh. achievement in music well, written for I give it a fucking uh 8.7. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> An 8 point set. No. Okay. I give this an 8.25. Um, I wasn't sure. I remember that again. Now that now that I've said it, I remember the Oscar thing. That's when I first heard the song, and the cover never really did anything for me. It was kind of a cheesy cover, but when he sings that song at the beginning, it fucking it got me. Like the "Say It to Me Now," where it's just him, like, and he's yelling and playing that guitar on the street. I hated that. You did. Yeah, when he was fucking just, and he's standing out the right side, and he's just, it just was annoying. If I would have been walking by, I probably would have been like, shut up. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, I, he, he, I don't know. I, it just, I don't know. I, I, I can't even express how that really annoyed me. <laughs> I liked that song a lot, and I liked their scene in the music store a lot. And um, I think I would call a this, psychiatrist some guy standing out in the street, basically almost screaming a fucking song by himself. Hey, 
It worked. The production's good on the music. It worked for me. I give it an 8.25. I like it a lot. I'd, I'd definitely watch this again. It worked for me. I was just kidding. I really liked it. Okay, I love it. Um, no, no, no. I wasn't kidding. Make <laughs> up your maybe, damn mind. I don't know. Should I like this even more? Maybe I should go back and watch it. Now go, you're making me feel it. bad. See what you think. No, I'm not going to. Don't feel it. bad. They all can't be winners. All right. Let's take a break, come back, and do a little feed sack. we got a couple weeks to catch up on. This we'll be right back. This, this, past, this movie was um, says a lot about where both of us are in our lives at this time. <laughs> yeah, I think so. You might be right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. There are a lot of podcasts out there that do science fiction, horror, and fantasy movies, but how many of them are done by somebody who's been watching this shit for half a century? Hi, my name's Terry Frost, and I do the Martian Drive-In Podcast, a podcast where I look at silent films all the way through to movies from the second decade of the 21st century. I look at fantasy, horror, and science fiction, and talk about them, sometimes with the guests, sometimes by myself, but always with an eye to the stuff that maybe has slipped off your radar, if it was ever on your radar. So go to marsdrivein.blogspot.com or type Martian Drive-In Podcast into iTunes and enjoy a bit of decent genre talk. And keep watching the skies. Feed sack. Uh, I should watch Molly Maguire's again. I don't know if I like that um, Alright, let's turn this down. Maybe I'll read one first. How does that sound? I didn't know that somebody remade a Metallica song. Giggity. Oh, what? Um, <laughs> We're still stupid. I don't have. Don't we are still stupid. You cannot deny that. <laughs> the chemistry may it's be one, dead, the show may be dwindling, but we're yeah. still stupid. That's one of those things is like um like a musical talent, you know. God <laughs> riding a bike never dumbness. goes away. Yeah. Um I feel like Jerry this what Jerry wrote in. I think he wrote a long time ago, but I can't remember. Anyway. Jerry wrote in. He said uh first in Bruges was so much better after your review. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, two, if you were still looking for some TV, Helix was good. So anybody looking for TV recommendations, Helix. I did start I did start catching up on the new season of Doctor Who, and that's a gimme. Um, I'm always probably going to be into those somewhat just because they're so out there. Uh, I think I've watched three episodes and dig it. Dig it. Um, he I number three. I on a Robert Crumb picture. When, right when you said that, that is it's weird when shit like that happens. I think. 
I was so over Julia Stiles, too, but you should see It's a Disaster on Netflix. Really funny dialogue set in a bio attack. God Never heard of I hate it. Julia Stiles. Yeah, she stinks. Uh, um, put her in a fucking, you know, I was going to say sleeper hold, but I would like, you know, when the cops used to put people in choke holds and they would accidentally kill them. I don't like her. Put her in, a, put her in the sugar hold and make her shit herself. Yeah, um, what? Number four, have you seen or reviewed Snatch with Brad Pitt and the companion films? We have not. Um, I can't remember the names. Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels is one, I think. There was another yeah. one, too. What was the other Guy Ritchie? Was there another one? I didn't. I remember those two. Was Rock and Rolla one of them? Was, did he do that? That was a good one. I like that one. I didn't see that. Um, But, I yeah, I like... Uh, I like Snatch. We should review those sometimes. We, we have to watch them with subtitles. but um, I think they actually put subtitles in that one when Brad Pitt talks. Uh, thanks, guys. The show is like having friends over to talk movies. Of course, I have no friends. Wah. I love the fake cry, too. <laughs> the best fake cry. The best fake. Yeah, fake? Uh, <laughs> the best fake cry is the girl in Gulliver's Travels. It was because of the pirates. I use it all the time. <laughs> Jerry. I, I don't know that I one. That movie. <laughs> I've never seen that. Didn't, Have you seen uh, that? I haven't. Didn't, um, didn't, uh, I always call him Sam Beckett. The fucking, uh, on Cheers. What was his name? Ted Danson. Didn't he do a Gulliver's Travels TV movie? Did he? I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that's the one I've seen. When I was a kid, I remember. Yeah. Um. Thank you, Jerry. Uh, okay. Man, look at these guns. Yeah. <laughs> that's my that's my Kamala belly slap. Oh man, I could do that right now. I'm just eating cabbage all the time, and I still have a gut. I don't know what's going on. God, I, I ate some just... red cabbage, and I felt like somebody fucking punched me in the gut. Well, let me tell you something, people. I've been eating red cabbage like crazy. I mean, like all the time. Even if I like make like a sandwich, I'll 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 stack like about two inches of red cabbage on top of it, and it's just a little tiny piece of cheese. It's just basically red cabbage with some uh, mustard or something on it. But I went to the store the other day, and they didn't have any, and I had to get the green. It's so bland compared to the red. Ugh, I I, I, I put uh, some. On on large Williams recommendation, I cut up half of a head of red cabbage and I put balsamic vinegar and uh, olive oil and salt and pepper on it, and it was really good. But fucking, it hurt, and really? I don't. I, I'm I'm gonna I, I have I got some Beano, so I'm seeing if it, I'm gonna try it again. I'm gonna see if Honestly it's gas God, that was. I eat that all the time, and people are like, "Oh my God, I hate to be around. I'd hate to be around you." I don't even have gas at all. Not oh. at fucking all. It doesn't bother that me. That was at the all. thing, though. I didn't fart at all. It just hurt. Hmm. That was the night That's... I watched the dog. I'll never forget that. I was watching the dog and I had a fucking stomach cramp. So maybe that was the re... maybe Will was pulling a rib on you, as they say That's in the wrestling. Son of a bitch! It's the combination I, um... when you when you put balsamic on red red cabbage. It's a chemical yeah. reaction. Yes, balsamic. What kind of Canadian shit is that? <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, we got some we got some feed sacks here. Um, let me put down the quarters, and here we go. Hi, Loafing Zom. Morris calling in here. I'm sending you some feed sack because I'm very, very excited that you're covering two films that I absolutely love 
on this week's silver and gold. The first one being the commitments and the second one being once. Now, I remember that my wife went to see the commitments at its opening screening here in Melbourne and uh, Alan Parker was on hand to uh, introduce the film to the audience and after having made films like Midnight Express and The Wall... Uh, he declared to the audience he wanted to make at least one film where people weren't going to go away wanting to slash their wrists, and uh, I think he certainly... There's how we, that proves that we mentioned nothing about that guy, the director's past, that we yeah. <laughs> we, we prepared zero for the show. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. Okay, continue. Did that. Uh, I, I know that there was a, a whole lot of shit thrown around at the time saying, well, you know, why don't people go back and listen to the original soul versions of the songs? Because you know, the songs in the film, you know, the soundtrack sold squillions. But I think it sort of brought home to a whole lot of people who hadn't actually uh, sort of like listened maybe before to uh, the original Atlantic recordings or other soul recordings that were covered in the film uh, to go maybe you know, back and pay attention. I think whatever brought attention to those fine songs was a, was a great thing. And they were performed go. really, really well in the film. That's what I think anyway. And it was a, it was a fun story. I really, really loved it. And uh, Andrew Strong uh, as uh, Deco, the uh, lead singer, it was funny because he went around in interviews saying, oh, I'm nothing like that character. I'm not nothing like that character. And I went to see him uh, give a concert when um, he sort of had like his 15 minutes of Andy Warhol-style fame after the film's <laughs> release. Uh, and you know, he, he sang really, really well, and uh, the band were great. And he did a bunch of uh, you know other songs that were outside the commitments. But he spent the whole time prancing about the stage, exactly like Deco would. <laughs> he was asking the audience, "I want you to stand up and say peace. I want you to stand up and shout hello to my drummer, and other such things like that." And telling <laughs> the audience that they were full of fecking gobshite. Uh, yeah, he was everything like Deco, which was a bit of a disappointment, but uh, still. It really, no, the film is uh, one that I hold near and dear to my heart. A lot of really quotable lines. Glenn Hansard uh, is, is uh, wonderful in it as uh, Outspan, the guitar player. And um, I can't remember the name of the manager, uh, Robert, someone who plays uh, Jimmy Rabbit. He's, uh, to me, you know, a very, very endearing character. And, uh, you know, some of my favorite scenes include the, um, the audition scene, uh, that sort yeah. of, um, I don't know, compilation of moments uh, the the boy george character that that uh <laughs> that uh, punk who says that his influence is barry manilow it's just oh, yeah, right. some really brilliant uh bits in the film and of course uh mecca fucking wallace as uh their second drummer is um absolutely uh, uh a highlight of the film for me ah, i think i've got the hang of it um <laughs> and you know other such wonderful moments in the film anyway i'm sure that you guys have gone and discussed the film in great length and uh, yeah. in great detail hope you really enjoyed it i imagine that you did and I'm also interested to hear what you think of Once, a very, very different film to uh, The Commitments. I'm not 100% sure, but I think Glenn Hansard doesn't choose to actually speak about The Commitments nowadays since starting with his group, The Frames, and then The Swell Season and uh, doing Once and all these sorts of things. But um, I find it a really touching and endearing film. I recently went to see the uh, live stage version of Once that's currently performing here. And I mean, look, it was performed well enough, but I think a lot of the subtleties that were in the film uh, were lost on stage because sometimes in a stage play, you have to talk louder and you have to exaggerate the dialogue. Uh, but there was still a lot to like about the stage production. But I'd say that if you could only sort of do one or the other, then watch the film. It has everything that you need. Anyway, I'll um, stop rambling on because I'm sure that you have 
hundreds of other feed sackers to get through. Mm -hmm. So um, anyway, I hope that we uh, uh, speak again soon. Be well and uh, cheers. Thank you, sir. Um, See, you know what I'm going to do? In the gaps. I'm going to I'm going to do this. I'm going to just edit out this part entirely, and I'm going to put Morris talking with us. So it sounds yep. like we actually like knew what the hell we were talking about. Yeah. That was yeah. All, that's all right. That was. Here's another one. <sighs> Zom loaf. This is uh, Tom Waits sending you some feed sack. It's been a while, but I thought my good friend Sylvester Stallone, he was my co-star in Paradise Alley. You know, that film, the greatest action movie of all time. He's been doing all the feed sack on my account, and he's been doing it in his underpants. Anyway, I thought I'd call in because I heard that you guys were going to be talking about the commitments and... Little known story was I was supposed to be offered the role of Deco in that film, and they gave it to some little shit called Andrew Strong, 16 years old, the little fucker, but he can't sing as well as I do. I'd like to do my version of the film's hit song for you, Mustang Sally. <laughs> I can't. Alan Parker didn't return my calls. I sing better than Andrew Strong. I'm a handsomer guy than Andrew Strong. What the fuck? Anyway, I have to get going. My piano's been drinking, you see. That's one for the ages right there. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate that. It's been a while since he called in. Yeah. Um. Uh, <laughs> that was good shit. Okay, we got some more. Look what we've been missing. See, I know, I know. It's all my fault. Okay, here's some more. Here's something else. Here's something a little different. <laughs> <laughs>
Hey guys, Armin here. Hope you're both doing very well. Uh, missed my call last week and uh, yeah, you were a bit too fast for me uh, putting the show out. I enjoyed your uh, discussion of Don't worry, the two we gave Space Matters movies. Never saw Solaris. I was always a bit afraid of it, but we'll now maybe delve into it uh, because you both uh, liked it. So it's, this is good enough for me. Can you hear it okay? I'm a big fan of Moon and uh, we'll definitely watch it again. I mean, Rockwell and uh, Spacey's voice and the whole scenario. It's just uh, amazing sci-fi. So cannot get better than that. Um, yeah, I watched a couple of movies in the last uh, two weeks. So a uh, couple of stinkers, but a couple of uh, good ones. So... Uh, <laughs> Saw two guns with uh, Denzel and Marky Mark, and yeah, it was not that good. So uh, I first thought I can overcome my Marky Mark hatred, but it's annoying as usual. And the only good thing about in this in this movie is maybe uh, Paxton, and as a CIA guy uh, with a sleazy mustache, and uh, maybe uh, Paula Patton, who I have to say she gets a bit naked in this one, which is definitely a plus. But somehow she looks a bit weird. I don't know. I can't describe it, but uh, she lost a bit uh, sexual potential for me in this movie. But, uh, yeah, not a good one. Uh, then I saw uh, one of the possibly 150 movies of uh, Takashi Miike, which is uh, Vara no Tati, which is an interesting story about a child killer who has to be safeguarded by some police guys and brought back to uh, Tokyo. And a rich guy who's the grandfather of his latest victim sets out like one billion yen, which I think is like seven million euros uh, for his head, whoever kills this guy. And basically these guys have to guard this uh, yeah, really despicable character against uh, yeah, normal people and even other police guys who want to kill this guy. Uh, it's really a uh, good, good thriller, good watchable thriller, really, uh, uh, yeah, not nothing in the eight to ten domain, but uh, really, really watchable. Vada notate. Then I watched uh, <laughs> something I liked in the past a lot, but wanted to test again if it holds up, and that's Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Men, which is ridiculous, I have to say. So <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, both actors a lot. So um, there's of course uh, Miami Vice's Don Johnson with a strange-looking beard, and uh, of course uh, Mickey Rourke as a, as a Marlboro Man. Uh, Harley Davidson, of course. <laughs> uh, There's so much fake coolness in this movie. I just cannot say. I mean, in the past, I maybe thought this is cool and smoking is cool, but uh, <laughs> now I just cannot get into it anymore. I mean, the greatest thing for me in this movie was the uh, short uh, scenes of Robert Ginty as the um, as the helicopter pilot, and maybe that I found that uh, Sven Ole Thorsen, which is one of Arnold's old buddies, is one of the uh, bad Boys henchman who is uh, yeah, these ridiculous machine gun wielding guys in their trench coats which are apparently bulletproof it's, uh, nice uh, it's, it's not good <laughs> then I saw uh, Zulu not the um, Michael Caine movie but a brand new movie with um, Orlando Bloom and uh, Forrest Whitaker and uh, it's a South African crime thriller which is really really good I, couple of, I, I posted a couple of uh, tough looking pictures and there's a lot of violence in this one but also uh, good good storytelling and Orlando is kind of a rough top rough cop in this uh, one uh, with the tattoos and uh, smoking alcohol and uh, lots of poontang it's it's good, it's good. <laughs> they both have good chemistry and it's, it's dark shit but it's good very good um, then I watched uh, Montana which is a, a British film with the older brother of Mats Mikkelsen Lars Mikkelsen he's basically the 
um, older, slightly more haggard looking and not as pretty uh, <laughs> uh, boy in the family, but he is amazingly talented. And this, I think this really talented family. So uh, he's, he plays like a Serbian one-legged henchman who is trying to get revenge for his uh, dead wife and son. Serbian and he teams up with henchman. a uh, um, yeah, basically a black kid in the London East End. And basically, the, the director said he wanted to make uh, a mixture of uh, Karate Kid and Leon, and that's exactly what this movie is. Nice. It's really watchable. It's good action, and and uh, Mickelson is like an angel of death in this one. It's really, he looks like the creeper, but he's also deadly Montana. with sniper rifle, guns, and knives. And it's really, it's really in a way over the top, but uh, on the other hand, also re- very nicely acted, and uh, yeah, really touches you in a couple of moments. It's a good good B movie, I would say. After that, I watched uh, Fighting Mad with Peter Fonda, which is a Roger Corman production from the 70s. It's uh, yeah, basically a cheap action movie uh, based on the story of an Arkansas farmer who is uh, threatened by uh, yeah, the evil corporation who tries to take over his land and is in cahoots with uh, uh, politicians and uh, is not afraid to murder guys to reach his goal and... Uh, no, it's a, of course a cheap one, but oh. uh, definitely entertaining. And I really like uh, to watch uh, Scraggly uh, Fonda taking off his glasses to kick a couple of guys' asses. Uh, <laughs> lots of great moustaches in this movie. It's it's definitely entertaining. I uh, finished up my week with uh, Roman Polanski's Macbeth, which is really excellent. It has an amazing atmosphere, uh, great casting, and of course, it's um, relatively hard, I think, to uh, bring Shakespeare over to a movie in a in a way that not only uh, brings the verses verses to life, but also uh, entertains you really in, in a movie kind of sense. And uh, this is an excellent job. It's really uh, highly advisable. Um, yeah, I guess that's it so far. Um, uh, I'm really looking forward to the episode and. Uh, Wish you guys all the best and, uh, yeah, really look forward uh, to new content. Uh, have a great week. Bye from Germany. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Um, the uh, And we uh, hope you're doing all right, Armin. I know that Armin had a little uh, little little setback recently, so he's uh, hope his family's doing all right because that sucks to go through that shit, so... All right, uh, we got a couple more, all from the programmer of this episode, Mr. John. Here we go. Dudes, it's the knife liquor. Uh, forgive my voice, I'm fighting a cold, so <laughs> I'm even more nasally than normal. But oh, just wanted to phone in, and uh, thanks you, thank you guys for covering the commitments and once. Uh, just wanted to say I love both these movies. I thought maybe it'd be interesting to hear your guys' take on it. Um, commitments. Uh, loved it back in the '90s. Uh, that band actually toured. Um, and I was going to see them at one point, but never actually it never actually happened. Uh, love it. Love that it brought some. Uh, some Irish soul to the world again, uh, you know, in the spirit of Van Morrison. Uh, great performances all around, pretty funny. Uh, there was two made-for-TV sequels uh, featuring the Rabbit family, though they had to change the name due to rights, but it had Cole Mealy, Mimi, uh, Jeep from uh, 
from Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Nice. Reprised his role. There's the snapper and the van. Um, I've seen the snapper. It's pretty funny. Um, if you like the commitments, it's not directed by Alan Parker, but uh, Stephen Frears, I think, directed it. It's funny. Uh, I've never seen the van. I think it's about a fast food truck. Uh, <laughs> good stuff, good stuff. Oh, yeah, that uh, truck they had was pretty So funny. I think that movie holds up really well. Um, so then we follow Glenn Hansard over to uh, uh, Once, which I don't think he did any acting in between. It's like 20-year gap there. Uh, and Once is kind of his baby. Uh, I saw that movie, and uh, it kind of blew me away. Uh, it really touched me. You know, deep down inside, where I'm soft like a woman, and uh, <laughs> love that shit. Um, talk about bittersweet. Um, yeah, really good. My man. Uh, there's a follow up to that too. Uh, an actual Uh-oh. documentary on uh, the real life uh, relationship and breakup of uh, Glenn and Martina uh, called "Swell the Swell Season," which is also the name of their band that they uh, toured with following once. Uh, they won an Academy Award for Falling Slowly for that. If you ever want to look that up online, it's mm-hmm. pretty sweet and bittersweet again uh, following their breakup. But anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed it. It's something a bit different for Silver and Gold, which is say, well, not really say much. Uh, you guys do different stuff all the time. So, but a couple yeah. musical-esque, if these are considered musicals, I guess. Uh, I'd like to hear your guys' thoughts on it. Uh, Glenn Hansard's become one of my favorite male vocalists, if not my favorite, man. That guy can sing with such soul. Uh, it's unbelievable, man. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoyed, and uh, thanks for covering it, and I'll talk to you soon. Later. Yeah, two against one, Zom. What do you have to say now? <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> All right, we got another one here. Hey guys, me again. Miss me? <laughs> it's been about a minute since I left that message. I don't know. It sounds say, amazing. Uh, Alan Parker, man, as a director, I love most of his movies. Actually, uh, he hasn't done much, uh, but almost all of them I would like to hear you guys talk about, especially The Wall. Uh, yeah. which is my favorite album of all time. Uh, and uh, I love the movie, too. Uh, so uh, I'd love to hear you guys do that someday. The Wall. Uh, you do right an Alan Parker double bill. Do The Wall and, uh, fuck, I don't know, uh, Angela's Ashes. <laughs> That's an <laughs> uplifting movie. Two uplifting movies there. Uh, <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, I think that's all. Uh Catch you on the flip side. Are you sure Later. it's all? Oh, wait, I don't. I we there might it. We got another one. <laughs> ah, the wall and Angel Heart. Yeah, there you go. Magnificent <laughs> yeah. bastard, Alan Parker, double bill. All go. right, this time for real. Later. Okay. <laughs> this is the, okay. Um, we'll have to do an Alan Parker double feature at some point, and like I said. We'll edit this out and put it in like we meant to say it in the beginning during the review. See, yes. Everything works out. Everybody helped. and Thank you, know. you, everybody, for making this show not as terrible as it could have been. Sucko show. 
Um, so you can always send us those feed sacks to 206-339-1600 or silvergoldpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, find us on iTunes and Stitcher and our website at silvaandgold.com and join our Facebook group or report us at facebook.com slash groups <laughs> slash silvaandgold. Um, next week on the show, we have a large William-inspired double feature. Um, I'm predicting a total of four from Zom. <laughs> We're doing two <laughs> Z-grade uh, uh, direct-to-video or filmed-on-video action movies. <laughs> oh yeah, we're doing uh, Street Angels from 1993. Let me just read the synopsis: Undercover cop Frank Adams and his female martial artists attempt to stop the Phantom's spree of cop killing and take back. I can I can sense your excitement and take back the streets. <laughs> From the games. Oh, you can hear that? <laughs> yes. And the next one we're doing, also from 1993, Death Run to Istanbul. Uh, we'll read this synopsis as well. Gary is a drugged out former kickboxer who owns who owes gangsters $15,000. <laughs> Why fix $15,000? Uh, Alonzo, the, long, the young mob chief, <laughs> forgives the debt if Gary is willing to transport a briefcase full of drugs to Istanbul. He he loses the case. The criminals come after him, and his former girlfriend Sam must now come to his rescue. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, death, death, death run to Istanbul and Street Angels for next week. Ah, uh, I'm glad. I'm glad we're back. I, I, I yes, we'll get it. We'll get out of the way. Maybe we'll get back on track. We'll see. I put up a Christmas tree. Did you see it? Yes, I did. It was yeah. nice. <laughs> I sent my Christ- I, put- I I took my Christmas tree to Goodwill about ten years ago. Oh, I well, I got this one at Walmart a couple years ago. Little so- short silver thing. Right now it's 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 on an Amazon box, and I put an old blanket underneath <laughs> it. <laughs> and the Mass Superstars. Um, yes. No, it's not Mass Superstar. It's Destroyer. Oh, okay. I I need to I have my, I'm looking at my mass superstar mask right now. I should put that on top cuz it actually has stars on it. That make more sense, right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right. Um, you should put a Barry I'm, Windham um uh, picture on top of it. Fat fucker. Uh so <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that's some of a bitch. I saw I was watching him on that old thing that that pay-per-view the other day and he had a match with Lex Luger. That motherfucker could get a good match out of Lex Luger. Many, God, many people, when I commented about that on other wrestling groups, have made like lots of excuses, like that he had had like a stroke or something, or that you know, no. there's just all kinds of stuff where people are like, "Oh, I, you know, he was always nice to me," and then I'm like, "Well, whatever." What What did he hate about me? Maybe maybe well, he he the next like, time I'm. Yeah, he doesn't like mustaches. Yeah. That's what it is. Um. Cool. It reminds well, me of his dad, it. his big dad fisting him in the ass. I think I just, I think I just swallowed a mustache hair. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so, I, I, I'm debating <sighs> wash it down uh, beer. going to Taco Bell. Nice. All right. Yeah. Well, you go to Taco Bell, and I've got to put this fucker out. So, <gasps> Tom, do, you, do you have anything else before you <gasps> gorge yourself? Oh, well, I don't know. 
I just, I mean, Nothing. it's not even the, the Taco Bell isn't even as much as about the food as just getting out of the house. I, if I if I get out of the house at least once a day, just to do anything, I could just get in the car, drive up the road, fill my car up full of gas, and get like fucking chocolate milk to drink, and it it somehow uh, replenishes me. I know what you mean. You just gotta get out of the house. I think I'm gonna have to do that. I've got two days off in a row this weekend, and it's I, I'm already dreading the monotony of it. So I'm gonna have to get do something. Uh, all right. Until next week. This is a loaf. Oot.